in the squadron. They called him Bullets, but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Yeah. All right. Hello. Okay. Good. Uh, hey, busted. Finally, is this it? Is this it? The walls closing in on the Bidens. They always seem to get away with it. And the swamp and every institution in America still kind of trying to protect the Bidens. However, one lone whistleblower, there's one guy and there are a few others, James Comer, the oversight committee. But there's some guy who works at the IRS and he is a career investigator, criminal investigator. And he believes that people are lying at the highest levels of government about this whole Hunter Biden situation. Merrick Garland, the attorney general, apparently is the guy who's been lying his ass off. And this guy is willing to go on the record and say it to the world, although he wants a couple of things first. He wants protection, okay? He's a uh, career civil servant. He doesn't want to be fired. He doesn't want to miss out on his pension. He wants to take care of his family. And I think that's fantastic. we got to take care of these whistleblowers, right? Don't you think? And not just when they are out to get Trump. Oh, boy. Taking care of the whistleblowers when they're out to get Trump. They should be taking care of us. Those whistleblowers did very, very well. Vinman, Vinman has a miniseries. Alexander Vinman, remember the pudgy soldier? Uh, all of them. They were all on the cover of Time magazine. Uh, even Mrs. Vinman. Mrs. Vinman got a deal. All right. You come out against Donald Trump. The world falls in love with you. You come out against Joe Biden. Yikes. You feel like you might wind up dead a little bit. I mean, really, seriously, I worry for this guy's physical safety. I do. And this hit me the other day when Mary Trump, Mary Trump can go out there um, and say whatever the hell she wants about Donald Trump, get her own show on MSNBC. You know, she's the niece of Donald Trump, but she hates him. So the swamp loves her and she's promoted. She's this, she's that. She's everywhere all at once. She's now has two books. Remember, she was four years old when her. She was four years old when uh, Donald Trump was graduating from college. All right, I don't think she knows a damn thing. And uh, so you got her, and then you got people who don't like the Bidens, and you wonder whatever happened to them. Whatever happened to the MacBook guy, the guy who fixed Hunter Biden's laptop? That guy's in hiding. That guy's in hiding, and now Hunter Biden is actually pestering the IRS that they should be investigating him. The IRS and the DOJ should be investigating, according to. Hunter Biden, he's firing letters all over town. Hey, whatever happened to Bill Stevens, uh, Bill Stevenson, the guy who was married to Jill Biden? He was married to Jill Biden, and um, he says that Joe moved in on his wife. And strangely, you don't hear anything from him. Totally, right? The mainstream. Oh, my gosh. What the hell just happened? I just saw a man back up his car over a couple of cops. Did you see this? Alfred Moto, Wednesday, New York City. Yikes. A crazy driver. They're, this is a war on cops. The war on cops again. You saw that maniac who hit that police officer in the Bronx with a bottle. With a bottle. And then uh, they just try to run over a bunch of cops. You know what this all stems from? The overreaction to that maniac George Floyd. Sorry he died, but my God. Society lost its mind. And why? It was deliberate. I mean, they were pulling the strings. They were playing with us. They were messing with us. 
Who? Democrat Party, academia, big media, big tech, get everybody all upset about that one incident. Bad, yes. So interesting how um, you got to have a white person involved. Oh, by the way, there has to be a white person involved, either a white victim or a white uh, assailant. These days, a white assailant. Nobody seems to care about black on black crime. But if a white person is involved, oh, boy, let's make it let's make it the biggest thing that ever happened. Uh, Tom Wolfe wrote about this in his book, amazing book, Bonfire of the Vanities. He called it the great white defendant. We talked about that. So back to uh, the whistleblower. Basically, he's saying that um, uh, there, a cover-up is in progress and people are lying. Apparently, uh, Hunter Biden is very, very chargeable, and they're not charging him. Interesting that Mark Pomerantz thought that uh, Donald Trump was very, very chargeable. And the mainstream media fell in love with this guy. Oh, he's the best man in the world. Everybody should listen to him. Remember, there was that phase. Then he wrote a book, and uh, and presto changeo, Donald Trump was charged. I don't sense the same kind of groundswell of support for this whistleblower, do you? Remember, whistleblowers against Trump, um, the world the, the world embraces them, including including Rachel Vindman. Wife of the chubby soldier, Alex. Cut 16, please. Well, our next guest has been traveling across the country to several swing states speaking with women about getting out the vote. Rachel Vindman joins us now. She's the co-host of the podcast entitled The Suburban Women Problem. Suburban Women Problem. Well, good for you. Uh, she has a podcast, and she shows up as a talking head on MSNBC. Her claim to fame, uh, her husband uh, betrayed President Trump, tried to make a federal case out of a phone call that was totally fine. Just a clerk, a bureaucrat. A bureaucrat thought he could turn in the president of the United States. Uh, and it almost worked. It almost worked. <sighs> wow. Wow. Hey, in the meantime, that uh, garage that fell down downtown, um, building was way too old, 100-plus years old, which in and of itself is fine. Hell, the Empire State Building is almost 100 years old. The Flatiron Building is over 100 years old. we got a lot of 100-year-old buildings that don't fall down. But I don't know if this building was ever designed to have SUVs and a lot of electronic cars parked on the top level. Uh, that may be what happened. Uh, so much weight. It all caved. Hey, what the hell was Alvin Bragg doing at the press conference about that? Oh, by the way, a garage collapses, right? I mean, first of all, it's a it's a search and rescue operation. And I noticed the politicians showed up and they bragged about weird things. Uh, Eric Adams was there. We brought the mechanical dog and the dog did a great job. Yeah, he was talking about technology. We don't care about your gimmicks, okay? Just get the people out of there. Fortunately, they didn't get everybody out. And Alvin Bragg, it's totally premature and weird that he would show up. I think they want to um, they want to help Alvin Bragg, right? They want to get his face out there. They don't want Alvin Bragg associated with Donald Trump. You got to get his face out there. You got to get him uh, involved in other things because Alvin Bragg must maintain his political viability for something else. After all, he did the Democrat Party a great big favor, right? Hey, did you see this Marjorie Taylor Greene? Is she amazing or what? I love her. I really do. And uh, they lie about her all the time. There was a moment yesterday in the House of Representatives. Let's see here. Eric Swalwell. Swalwell? Swalwell. Remember, at 34 years old, he thought he could be president of the United States. He's a total airhead. Listen to him say that uh, the Republicans are anti-Semitic 
the Republicans are racist. He spent all morning saying that. Cut 18, please. Cut 18. But this tweet was kept up for months after Kanye West said that he was going to declare DEFCON 3 on the Jews. Mr. Secretary, do you believe that all of us have a responsibility to elevate our rhetoric and to denounce anti-Semitism and anti-police rhetoric in this country so that Jewish Americans and police officers can be safer? Mm. Um, That was a question toward Mayorkas, and it was all kind of a setup thing. Look, obviously, we support cops. Obviously, we deplore anti-Semitism. But there's Eric Swalwell trying to pretend that this is somehow a Republican theme. I mean— He's trying to turn our opposition to the FBI raiding Donald Trump's home into we don't support the police. Uh, right now, the Federal Bureau of Investigation, they have squandered all credibility. They have squandered, uh, they destroyed their own reputation. They have. And a long time coming, oh, by the way, a long time coming. These people have screwed up just about everything they touched and yesterday we talked about it 30 years ago, 30 years ago, the, uh, the the raid at Waco and they went in there with a tank and all those people were killed. Just a terrible time. Anyway, Eric Swallow can say whatever he wants. Marjorie Taylor Greene has had enough of it. And listen to what she did, because you got to remember Eric Swalwell. Remember, he's the one who was the boyfriend of Fang Fang, the Chinese spy. Cut 19. Now I recognize the gentlelady from Georgia, Miss Green. That was quite entertaining from someone that had a sexual relationship with a Chinese spy. And everyone knows it. But I move to take our words down. Completely inappropriate. Yeah, stand by just a second. Oh, my goodness gracious. So you can call Republicans anti-Semites. You can say we don't support the cops. You can say all that stuff. But you can't point out the fact that uh, Eric Swalwell there hooked up with a Chinese spy. I think that undermines his credibility and calls into question his judgment. And a sitting member of Congress ought to be able to say that. Right? (laughs) Stand stand by your comments, Marjorie Taylor Greene. Of course she did. Cut 20. The chair uh, recognizes the gentlelady from Georgia and asks if she would like to retract those words. No, I will not. Good for you. Good for you. Love it. Just a good person. A lot of these people in Congress, I'm so impressed with them. Her, Lauren Boebert, Matt Gates. Um, they're they're good people. They're very very smart, and people are jealous of them. Oh boy, because they're well, they're fantastic. They're incredibly eloquent, intelligent, and people have gravitated toward them. And yeah, they're big on social media. Nothing wrong with that. Although a new, uh, brand new member of Congress seems to be very very jealous. His name is. Congressman Jeff Jackson, Democrat of North Carolina. I, I call him Congressman Nobody because he really you're not going to see he 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 tried to make a splash by going after these people. Listen to this, please. Cut 25. I'm still brand new to Congress. I've only been there 100 days. And I don't know if I'm not supposed to say this out loud, but it's true and important. And if you don't know this, you need to. Most of the really angry voices in Congress are totally faking it. These people who have built their brands around being perpetually outraged, it's an act. I've seen a bunch of examples. Here's one. I've been in committee meetings that are open to the press and committee meetings that are closed. The same people who act like maniacs during the open meetings are suddenly calm and rational during the closed ones. Now, do you trust this guy? Here he is uh, saying that somehow uh, the people that we like and respect and admire 
uh, are faking it, that they don't believe that America is in decline, that they don't believe that China is a risk, is a threat to us, that they don't believe that the COVID virus came from that Wuhan lab. They don't act like maniacs in that in those hearings, those public hearings. They're not maniacs. You may think that, Congressman Nobody. Is Lauren Boebert, is, does this sound like a maniac to you? Cut 26. America is tired of rhetoric and they want results. This isn't chaos. This is a constitutional republic at work. I'm a mom of four boys. I know what chaos and dysfunction looks like. This is actually a really beautiful thing to be here with all of my colleagues debating, just as the gentleman from Montana said. All right. I think that's fantastic. That woman has never said anything crazy. Uh, Congressman, nobody may just be kind of jealous that he's not as charismatic and that nobody cares and nobody knows who the hell he is. Uh, there may be that. Uh, let's see. He's uh, yeah, yeah. Everybody's a phony except for him. Cut 27. What I've seen is that members of Congress are surrounded by negative incentives. There are rewards for bad behavior. You know what the big one is? Being able to reach you. The big thing that modern media and modern politicians have learned is that if they can keep you angry, they'll hold your attention. Well, so what's his approach? He just called people he disagrees with maniacs, right? And he also started this thing with, I'm going to tell you a secret. I'm going to tell you something that I shouldn't be saying. I'm going to betray my colleagues, and I'm going to say that morally I'm superior and they're totally bankrupt. He may be keeping his voice down, but that's not uh, that's not very nice. That's not very congressional. Uh, I don't like this guy. Congressman, nobody. I want to put it to bed. Cut 28. So going forward, when you hear some enraged member of Congress say something absurd, your first question shouldn't be, how can they possibly believe that? It should be, do we think they actually do? Because they probably don't. Yeah, go to hell. You know, I put up, right, because I've met these people. I've had dinner with these people. I like these people. I put up a bunch of pictures right after that of these people being not only very, very smart, but very, very cordial. Okay. And I've actually, in some of my interviews, I've asked them, like, is there a Democrat that you like? And often they'll point out somebody like, you know what? I, I have a good relationship with so-and-so. I can actually, I can, we see eye to eye, we, or we disagree, but we can, sometimes we can get things done. Um, who were the people that I put up? <clears throat> well, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Lauren Boebert, Jim Jordan, Matt Gates. I know these people. I like these people. They're smart. And they're the same on camera as they are off. You got that, Congressman? Nobody? All right. Goodbye. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is the Greg Kelly Show. Hey, who's making the real money with this climate change stuff? Who is making the real money? Why is it being shoved down our throats? There's a lot of money to be made. Who's making it? How is this scam? Now it's now it's actually starting to inconvenience me, okay? And now it was a sideshow. Uh, now it's a freak show, and it's impacting my life. I can't get into it right now because... Well, um, well, there's pending litigation, okay? I will, but uh, soon, hopefully, it will be settled, and I can tell you the whole scoop. But this environmental stuff is totally, totally getting—it's just—it's just ridiculous. And you know who really warned about it, and who knew about it? Trump, 2016. You can look it up. In 2020, again, when he was warning about those windmills, have you ever seen one of those things? First of all, they're incredibly noisy. 
not talking about one from Holland, you know, that looks so beautiful and sitting there and it's made out of wood and it's 400 years old. No, those great big turbines spinning around that they and they come from either China or Germany. They're very, very expensive. It's a cyclops. It's a damn cyclops in your backyard. They're loud and they're dangerous. They catch fire and they don't power a damn thing. All right. They're just the capacity of these things is um, is very, very weak. Uh, let's see here. Uh, oh, hi, Sandra. How are you? What's going on? Oh, hi, Greg. You know, every day I hear another tragedy to violence, and I'm starting to get scared because I'm becoming a little numb. I'm starting to say, so what else is new? This is the new norm. So I know that it has to change from the top. And those people on the top don't want to change. And then I was thinking about what happened on Saturday in Chicago. Uh, you know, those that couple got attacked and that nice Lenora Dennis helped them. And then uh, Lori Lightfoot is saying, oh, it's not mayhem. She downplayed it. And then the new mayor-elect is also saying the same thing in a way, like he's saying, don't demonize the rampaging teens who set cars ablaze and clash with the cops and damage the property. So then I was looking at the previous governor. <sighs> you do so Daly. much research. I love it. By the way, this is what you're talking about. The mayhem from the other night. Right. Damn. It's pretty intense. <laughs> uh, no, fortunately, nobody was killed. Oh, wait, wait, no, we're not supposed to laugh about it. But uh, all right, Sandra. Hey, to be continued, I shall be right back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Listening to the Greg Kelly Show. Hey, uh, has China invaded Taiwan yet? Have they? All right. Let me know when that happens. Um, should be any minute now. <laughs> Why wouldn't they? Why wouldn't they? We are totally depleted. No more ammo. We could not defend Taiwan if we wanted to. And it looks like, did you see Janet Yellen? Janet Yellen, the Treasury Secretary, actually seemed to be giving uh, not only the green light. You know how Joe Biden likes to say, uh, oh, we're a competitor of China. We're not we're not an enemy. They're not an adversary. We're a competitor. Well, Janet Yellen was there today saying we are not even seeking a competitive advantage, doesn't even want a competitive advantage over China. If we said that, would that make President Xi somehow angry at Joe Biden? Would that violate a pre-existing uh, agreement? Hey, Joe Biden, by the way, made how much money did he make last year? Somewhere a little bit under $600,000 a year, Joe Biden. Good for him um, uh, this time. Uh, let's see, $400,000 presidential salary. Oh, by the way, Donald Trump gave it all back. Remember that? He was a buck a year guy. Gave it all back to the federal uh, treasury. Actually, he donated it to charity. Um Joe has some dividends here. Let's see. He is way, way, way down from 2017, his first year post-vice presidency, where he made almost $12 million. 
And we're supposed to believe that that was royalties from his silly book, Challenge Me, Dad, uh, Face Me, Dad, whatever the name of it was. Such a silly book and a silly guy. Although I went through it and this whole thing about Joe being, uh, you know, just down on his luck, Scranton, you know, his father was a bum, you know, all that stuff, right? Not true. Not true. He was upper middle class Joe. Very much so. Uh, got a, uh, a brand new Corvette when he finished high school. I didn't get a new car. I didn't get a new Corvette. Did you? I had a uh, a used Dodge Omni, actually, that I had access to. It certainly wasn't mine. Uh, shared it with like five people. Then I had a Pontiac Phoenix for a while. Also, again, used. I <laughs> mean, a brand new Corvette. Joe, oh, by the way, as we pointed out, uh, lived in Garden City. Garden City, Long Island. Forget Scranton, Garden City, yeah, country clubs, the men's club. Uh, Beautiful, one of the most beautiful towns in all of America, actually. I was privileged to live there from second grade through 12th grade. Um, An amazing place. I can't go back to live there now for a number of reasons. Number one, half my high school class is still there. The moment I walk back into Garden City, it's a beautiful town, but I feel like I feel like I'm in 10th grade all over again. And all the stuff that went through that and with that. And you know how there's like this really, you know, very, very noticeable pecking order, social pecking order, right? I just feel like I'm right back to where I started, right? Right back into that little groove. I did not like being in that slot. I didn't like it at all. Oh, uh, AOC is still beating the drum. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez well, thank God she's never going to be mayor. I'm pretty sure she does not want to actually get anything done. She just wants to make a spectacle out of herself. And uh, let's keep it that way, huh? And we've had these kind of fringe characters before in Congress. <clears throat> they, they, uh, Vito Marcantonio. Nobody knows who that is anymore, but for a long time, it was one of the most famous members of con- uh, Congress from Harlem. Vito Marcantonio. And if you were running anywhere in the country, all the way back like in the 40s and 50s, what they would do if you were a Republican, uh, you were running against a Democrat, they'd try to say that you're as liberal as Vito Marcantonio, just like they do today, AOC. You're like AOC. You're like AOC all over again. Uh, Pat in Brooklyn, hello. Oh, hello. Um... Fall down the stairs? What's going on? Yeah. Oh, yes. I just wanted to say hello. Can I mention that yesterday was my granddaughter's birthday? Her father was a police officer. All right. You cannot mention that. We have a policy against birthdays. No birthdays. So what else is on your mind? Oh, 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 here's another. I have another granddaughter. She actually spoke to Bob Grant on the phone. I don't believe it. it. Half the people here work with Bob Grant. All right. Next. Okay. And now I read a book about uh, Arthur Blower. Greek. Uh, I can't, I, I forgot it was a huge book. And guess who he uh, went after? Madoff. Bernard, Benny, what's uh, his Bernard, name? Benny? Bernard Madoff. This must be the accountant from Massachusetts. Is it that guy? I, yeah, yeah, I think so. He's Greek. I know he was Greek. Let me see. The and accountant from horrible. Massachusetts who looked at the results, who looked at Madoff's results, he looked at the returns and he said, like almost instantaneously, he said, this is a fraud. And and then he then he actually it took him how did he put it it took me a half hour to determine it was a fraud, and then it took me four hours to prove it. That's it. He did some math and he figured it out. It was total. And 
guess what he did next? He went to the SEC. He he alerted the authorities. This guy is a bad news. And you know what they did? You know what they did at the SEC? They looked down on him because he was wearing a. He, they didn't like his clothes. They thought he was dressed poorly and he didn't present well, so they blew him off. Did that? Did he put that in the book? I don't know. I don't remember. I remember that he had a very, very, very hard time. Did you read the book or not? I thought you you just called the radio station and tell me about this book you read. Following him in the car. He was scared to death. He ran in the house. His wife got scared. Somebody was following him in a car. It was dangerous. All right. Uh, Let's see here. Harry Markopoulos. That's his name. Is that the name? Yeah, he yeah, yeah. yeah. Sounds like you Harry. read the back cover of the book. I don't think you read the book. No, 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 no. No, listen, listen can I say something about myself? If you pay me a million dollars, I'll never tell you the ending of any movie. I just can't remember it. I can't remember it, so I just don't remember the Is there book an issue well. you have, uh, you know, cognitively? That sounds like a thing, a condition. Yeah, it's okay. I got yeah, a million. Probably. All right. Well, anyway, thanks, Pat. Happy birthday to your granddaughter, okay? I was just kidding. Oh. I love that. I All love right. that. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you very much. What's her name? Let's make it official. Stephanie Azraq. Can you remember her name? Stephanie Azraq. All right. All right. All right. Bye. Thank you so much. Happy birthday, Stephanie. <laughs> hey, where the hell is James Flippin? I asked him for a news report. And uh, he's being all kind of, um, hmm. Oh, well. Um, with that in mind, let's do one more. Phil in Westchester. Hi. Hey, Greg. Good afternoon. Um, I am a white, Christian, conservative, heterosexual male who identifies as a male. I hope I have not offended anyone in the audience by starting off with that. Um, I wanted something of interest real quick before I get to my question, my point. Um, One of my older golf partners actually hired your dad, said he was sharp as a tack, he was one of the best officers, the best moves he ever made. The guy's name was Inspector Frank Lyons. Mention it to your dad. He passed away now, but just wanted a FYI. Hmm. All right, thanks. What else? Um, the Congressman Nobody that you spoke about. Before. Oh, I do not like that guy. Congressman, uh, self-righteous uh, congressman, yeah. Don't care for yeah. him. So I hear what you're saying, uh, but I listen intently unless I missed it. He didn't say specifically Republican congresspeople. He was speaking in general terms. Maybe we should interpret what he said as some of his Democrat colleagues are doing that. No, I think he's a partisan guy. I think he's very, very partisan. He knew exactly what he was doing. He knew what he was talking about. And uh, now you could say maybe he's alluding to AOC. Um, But I'll say this. Look, I don't agree with AOC, but he used a very pejorative word. He said they act like maniacs. Now, I don't like AOC. I don't like what she stands for, but I'll tell you what, when she delivers her position, damn, you know, it's like, it's not a, she's not a maniac. I mean, she's misinformed and delusional. Maybe I'm quibbling here, but she's not a maniac anyway. Yeah. I hear what you're saying, but I think he, uh, I think he was going after some of my favorite people. And um, uh, I did say at the end, you know, he's kind of slick. He's kind of slick. I said last night, hey, who knows? Maybe he'll be president someday. Hey, thanks, Phil. Hey, James Flippin just walked in the room. James, what's going on with that uh, building downtown that hey. collapsed? Yeah, what's up, Greg? So uh, obviously a pretty crazy building collapse, partial collapse of that parking garage earlier this week in lower Manhattan. It was on Ann Street where 59-year-old Willis Moore was killed. Neighbors have identified him as the one guy that died in this parking garage collapse. He was the manager a guy who lived out in Queens, has a kid who's actually a cop here in the city. 
Huh. And, uh, you know, there's been some interesting stuff that's kind of happened after, like cops used or the FDNY used some of their new technology to go in there because the building was unstable. I don't know if you saw that. I, you know what? I was I thought they were, you know, again, Adams right away with the dog. You know what I mean? With this right. mechanical. I thought that was a little much. But well, do me a favor. Can I ask you this real mm-hmm. quick? We've lost now two parking guys in not too long. I mean, another guy was uh, uh, shot. Right. Remember on the west side? Yeah. And he had to wrestle with that guy and they wanted to arrest him. Right. And now this guy, parking lot attendant, man, 59 years old, yeah. crushed. Yep. Jeez. Well, the, the interesting thing with the dog and Adams, the way he responded, I think you're right. Like, he's very defensive in a way of the technology. I don't know if it's because they spent money on it as a city or because, like, he's very into. And, and some people say, oh, the rise of the machines. They don't like robots being involved in stuff like this. I don't know if you share any of those concerns. I thought it's just, look, I saw the dog. He... <laughs> They painted it like a Dalmatian. You know, I mean, Eric Adams seems to think that the, the department had no technology until he showed up. <laughs> right, you know what right. I mean? Yeah. And he brings his silly little mechanical dog. The guy is, he's like a fourth grader. He's so hes so stupid. I don't care for him. And I saw it, and it tried to sound like he's, uh, the, the, the innovations that he came up with the day before right. really saved the day. And this, when a guy's dead, I don't like him at all. I found that to be very, very crass. Anyway, yeah. what else? Yeah, they did. It seemed like that was kind of downplayed in a way. So now they're pulling cars out of there or trying to, but the building's unstable. There's obviously a fire risk because all the gasoline that's in there. And this is kind of a, a ongoing part of the story now. You know, some people are saying one of the reasons that it collapsed is all the weight of the vehicles. Yeah. And there was a sub aspect of that where they're saying because electric vehicles are becoming so much more popular those batteries are really, really heavy. Like in some cases, just the battery on some of these new cars weighs more than the old version when it was a gasoline engine. Was this building a parking garage when they made it 100 years ago? Uh, It's been a parking garage since the 1950s. Huh. So they refurbished it somehow. And there was some work done on the building back in like 2003 because there was big cracks in the concrete and stuff like that. So, I mean, but now the city's going to look at all these parking garages for structural concerns I'm just saying I wonder how much the push for EVs and all those heavy batteries kind of plays into it. In this case, there were some some people talking about how they parked the SUVs on the top of the building here. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's because maybe the ceiling isn't, like, tall enough for some of those larger SUVs. But obviously, you put the heavier cars up top, that would seem to indicate that there's a more risk of a, of a collapse. I also wanted to just mention this, obviously not downplaying that the guy died, but there was a gentleman who bought a Lexus a week before this happened, rolled it off the lot, not even 100 miles on the vehicle, into the parking garage. Obviously, he'll never see that car ever again. No, I mean, I mean, uh, well, what, what, like the tragedy is it's a brand new car? No, yeah. I mean, you don't I mean, think it, that's I, worth I, mentioning? I do. Th- <laughs> I mean, the 59-year-old guy who was the father of a cop, what's his name, by the way? The gentleman who died? Yeah. Willis Moore from Queens. How can we help? What do we do? Uh, he, uh, shoot. What neighborhood do you know? Laurelton. Laurelton. Damn. Damn, damn, damn. That's uh, That shouldn't happen. You know we have no buildings commissioner. There's no buildings commissioner. There's an acting buildings commissioner. There's an interim or something like yeah, that. Yeah, an acting buildings commissioner because Eric Adams is very bad at picking people, doesn't take his job seriously, the management aspect of it, the partying, the getting a great table, the wearing a nice suit. Do me a favor. Stand by, James. Tommy in Queens. Yeah, what is it? Yeah, uh, Greg, uh, uh, Antonio, the first name was actually Mark, Mark Antonio. I know this for a fact. Who the hell are you talking about? uh, I don't know what you mean. uh, The politician that you were talking about earlier. You said Vito Antonio? No, I said Mark Antonio. 
Oh, I, I just want to say. Uh, I, I said Vito uh, Mark Antonio. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, I had an uncle of mine, Vinny. Uh, he was working a 7-7 squad narcotics, and they transferred off to the 2-5. All right, so you called me and to you, correct me, and now, but you're no, wrong with your – right? Uh, no, we're, we're, we're both right. Okay. We're both right. Yeah, all right. You I, misheard. I, you misheard. <laughs> you misheard me. What is it? Why are you telling me these stories about uh, police stations? What about that? Okay, well, an uncle of mine actually uh, knew the guy, and he investigated him. He was, he was a real bad character. My uncle despised him. And uh, he was a real lowlife besides being just a liberal politician. And he was under investigation for a while for uh, narcotic smuggling from Sicily in, into New York. Mm. But I just wanted to just throw that out there. Uh, back after World War II, he had just come back from the Marines in the Pacific. And he went back on a job. He was a cop before that back in the 30s. All right. And, uh, I appreciate that, that story, I appreciate Yeah, Vito Marcantone. It's amazing. That was like one of the biggest names in the country, AOC. Biggest name in the country in 70 years. Some guy's going to be calling a radio station saying it was Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. My, <laughs> my uncle worked with uh, her father or something like that. Hey, Tommy, good stuff. Thank you. I appreciate the context. Uh, Actually, Jay- I have a quick AOC story if you well, want to hear that. What? I interviewed her when I was a street reporter at my previous job when she was a candidate for office. She was up at a rally on Martin Luther King Day. This was before anybody knew who she was. Uh-huh. And I remember very specifically thinking, darn, that's a really long name to have to fit into the way I send my sound bites. Into, into the news desk. Did you and think I, that this is uh, going to be, you know, this is going to be somebody? No. I, I mean, honestly, I'll be very honest. I said, well, you know, I'll never hear from her again. Because the guy she was going up against was supposed to be a like speaker of the house or something like oh, that. Oh, uh, what was his name? Dowling? Con- Conley. Uh, yeah, Con- Conley. Crow- Crowley. Crow- Crowley. Crowley, okay. Did you, uh, was she nice? She was. Yeah. yeah. She was pleasant. Uh-huh. How did you treat her? Did you? Uh, you know, I, I think I treated her very nicely. I mean, at that point, I just wanted to get some sound bites so that I could get on to the next story. You know how that goes. You? Yeah, of course I do. The <laughs> drive-by media rush calls you guys. No, good stuff. James Flippin', everybody, and we'll be right back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Listening to the Greg Kelly Show. How about that rocket that blew up this morning? The great big SpaceX rocket, uh, largest rocket ever constructed, apparently even bigger than the Saturn V. It blew up. It blew up. But I think that they actually wanted it to blow up. Uh, I think it was, uh, you know, what's his name? Um, Elon Musk is a bit of a trickster. He really is. Uh, he's known to pull pranks, and I think that uh, they kind of didn't tell everybody that this was a rocket that was going to fly for about four or five minutes and then blow up. Uh, it was basically they were testing the launch systems. Uh, but who knows? Who knows? Because right after it blew up, everybody at SpaceX who works there was screaming and jumping up and down and clapping their hands like it was really awesome. And I guess they can learn a lot. I will say this. I don't think any of the Saturn V rockets ever just blew up. The Saturn V rockets, the first couple were unmanned. You know, Apollo 1, I know what you're thinking, Apollo 1 where they had that fire and the three astronauts were killed, that was that was only at the very top of the rocket. That was only the little space capsule at the tippy top. It wasn't the whole rocket. It wasn't like it launched and blew up. So uh, Apollo never had that. Apollo never had that, uh, this kind of... They had some unmanned rockets that blew up um, before Apollo, Gemini. No, not even Gemini. Before Mercury, I think. Anyway, hey, do we have this all set up? No. Oh, man, there are some great, great, great 
Trump impersonators. There's like been an explosion of these guys and they are so funny, so talented. And oh, by the way, I think you can like, you know, I love Trump. I love the style. I love the policies. I love the guy. And I, I think that even he would like this. Actually, I know he likes this one. His name is Jason Scoop. And Jason has upped his game as far as the impressions go, because there's this other guy, Matt Friend, who does the perfect Donald Trump voice. You would you would think it's it's him. It's just incredible. So this guy, who really was more about the content, like the stuff that he would say, as opposed to the voice, and he wears this kind of this costume. But now he's been working on his voice, and it's damn near perfect. And uh, I think we're ready. No, oh, what's the problem? You don't you don't have an Instagram login. What's wrong with that? Do you have email for crying out loud? You don't have Instagram. Uh, get me a millennial to work by that board, all right? I need a Gen Zer right away. All right, I'm going to play this for you when we get back. Um, it is good, good stuff. Let's just hope that um, that family is doing okay. My goodness gracious, uh, Mr. Moore out there in Queens. That really that really gets me. These these guys who work at the parking garage. I don't know what it is, but these are some of the most this, these are the hardest working people around. I know they got to sit around and wait for a, a lot, but that's a tough, tough job. And oh, by the way, some of the customers are total jerks <laughs> when they find out how much I've seen this. I've seen this like three times in the past year when a person because it says something in front, like you know, the early bird special, nineteen ninety nine for the first forty eight minutes or something like that, and then it goes to two hundred dollars. So the fees that people are paying, it really does get people uh, upset, and I understand it. But don't take it out on the guys, all right? You know, I have so much respect for anybody who's working, anybody who's showing up, whether it's McDonald's, Starbucks, um, I don't know, the shoe shine guy. You know, there's a lot, <laughs> there are a lot of folks out there, and there are ways you can pull it off, just kind of chill, kind of chillax. You know, you can, you, can, you can get certain payments, you know, that PPP stuff. PPE kind of messed up a lot of people's heads. It really did. And there's this idea that the ultimate goal is to uh, not work too hard. Oh, and did I tell you, I saw a guy, this is like the sixth time I've seen it, smoking dope right in front of me on the train. Smoking dope. Hey, everyone's calling me now and saying, well, that building downtown had a lot of violations. Let me tell you, you show me a building, I'll show you a building with violations. Every building in the world, especially in New York City, has violations, all right? It doesn't mean that they were necessarily a bad company or anything like that, okay? We don't know yet. I know Alvin Bragg is uh, excited to change the subject and get away from this phony Casey file against uh, Donald Trump. But don't make these poor parking people your next victims. You got that? I'll be right back. Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The Greg Kelly Show. Hey, uh, you know, there a couple of years ago, there was a big story in Time Magazine. Yeah, Time Magazine is actually still uh, exists. I don't know if they print it anymore, but you can find it online. You won't find BuzzFeed anymore. Uh, BuzzFeed is now gone. They, they cause a lot of trouble quite frankly those bastards excuse me but they really were the worst the pits i uh, got a big problem with those guys and uh, although i hate to see anybody lose a job but uh some of those people definitely deserve to lose their jobs uh sorry but it's true they, they printed a lot of lies and they hurt a lot of people 
along the way. Uh, so Time Magazine had this big story, and it said the gymnasium gym membership uh, will actually make you fat. And uh, it, it really got a lot of people talking. So the, the whole essence of it is this. If you go and work out at a gym, a couple of things happen. Um, number one, after you work out, you feel more entitled to eat. All right? You, ate, you, you did your workout. Now you feel like, oh, I can have that bagel. I can have that donut. I worked out today. And that's exactly what happened to me. I usually, lately I've been running three miles. Today I ran five. Can you believe it? I ran five miles and um, I felt great. I really did. I felt, I mean, it was that pain in the neck. I hated it while I was doing it. But when I was done, I was like, wow, look at me, five miles. And then I get to, I get to work and uh, there it is, a great big platter of bagels, a platter of bagels right in front of me. I had two. I had one poppy seed and I had one uh, cinnamon raisin. And I slathered it all with uh, cream cheese and butter, one cream cheese, one butter. And um, you should never have two bagels, all right? One bagel, maybe, a half a bagel, whatever. And I just, oh, boy, these carbs, they can put you down. Um, so that happens. You feel entitled to eat more. And the other thing that happens is you walk less, you know? you uh, like. And for instance, I often take the subway. Uh, I didn't for a year. I'm back on the subway. But I was like, uh, you know, I'm kind of like, wow, I just I just ran. I'll take a cab. So I took a cab instead. And this is how, uh, you know, working out or going to the gym can make you fat if you're not careful. And that's what I think is uh, possibly happening uh, to me right now. There was a poll out. I'll get to it in a moment. But most Gen Zers think to buy a home, they're going to have to win the lottery. Wow. It was kind of a given, you know, for a lot of folks that someday they'd own a home. You know, renting your entire life. Did you? Nobody really did that, but uh, looks like we're going to have a whole generation of people renting uh, forever. All right, let's just do this real quick. This is Jason Scoop? Man, does he do a good Trump impression? This is fantastic, and I think he's been actually working. It's improved over the past ten days. It was always great. Listen to this. He makes a prank phone call to uh, to the mattress company, to Sleepies, I think. All right, you ready? Let's do this. For calling mattress firm. Hello, Mattress Firm. Is this Sleepy's or Mattress Firm? It's both. Oh, tremendous. <laughs> well, look, I'd like to order a mattress for our president. I call him Sleepy Joe Biden, and uh, I'd like to have it sent to the White House very strongly. <laughs> okay, sounds good. I'm more than happy to send Mr. Biden up with a mattress. And let me tell you something. I want the best mattress, okay? The most expensive, number one, okay? <laughs> okay, we can do that. Well, thank you. What do you need from me? Okay. Uh, what size mattress do you need? Large. Large, like a king size? Okay, I don't do anything less than king size, so we're going to do king size, okay? Okay. Thank you. We do have California king, too. Do you want a California king? California king. You know, we were treated very unfairly in California, but you know what? I'm, I'm willing to forgive for this, so we'll get a California king. Okay. I need delivery by as soon as possible. Oh, you know what, sweetheart? I got Rudy Giuliani's calling. Let me call you right back. Hello, Rudy? Yeah, I just got the mattress here. We're sending it very bigly, very soon. Okay. All right. Let me know. You keep finding those votes all over the place, okay? Thank you for calling the mattress first. <laughs> ah, that's great stuff. 
And it repeats. It's a, it repeats. I think my favorite part is, and what size mattress would you like? Large. <laughs> just says large. I mean, nobody says large. I mean, you know, king size, queen size. Large. large. <laughs> Hello, Rudy. And he does that okay. Uh, you know, anyway, there's so much... Um, there's so much to work with with Trump. I mean, he's the fascinating guy. He's just fascinating. It's amazing. He's the ex-president of the United States. More people are talking about him right now than Joe Biden. And a lot fewer people are going to be talking about Joe Biden in about a month or so when we find out he is not running for re-election. Believe me, that's not happening. All right. This is uh, good news, but it's kind of doomed at this point. You ready? Uh, House passes trans athlete ban. All right. Trans athlete ban. Can't have those uh, biological men and girls sports, but it's not expected to advance. So it passed the House. It's going to die in the Senate. Let's see here. ESPN. Uh, Transgender athletes whose biological sex assigned at birth was male would be barred from competing on girls or women's sports teams at federally supported schools and colleges under legislation pushed through Thursday by House Republicans. Good for those House Republicans. And by the way, schools and colleges supported by federal uh, money is basically all schools and colleges. All schools and colleges get at least some money from the federal government, uh, just about. Uh, The bill approved, let's see, 219 to 203, party line vote. I wonder how our uh, congressman, nobody voted on that. Uh, I obviously voted for it. Did he show up? Sometimes Sometimes they skip it. It's unlikely to advance further because the Democrat-led Senate will not support it, and the White House said President Joe Biden would veto it. Thanks, Joe. Wow, so courageous of you. Sticking up for Leah Thomas, huh? You really think that this is something? <laughs> Leah Thomas deserves to be in that women's locker room, making people like Riley Gaines cry and making them feel uncomfortable and even threatened? How about protecting women and girls, you scumbag? How about protecting them, you predator? I've seen the tapes. I've seen you touch those women and girls, no matter what the hell, women, girls, old ladies. Sorry about that, folks. We're just, thanks. Uh, supporters said the legislation would put violators at risk of losing taxpayer dollars is necessary to ensure competitive fairness. They framed the vote as supporting female athletes disadvantaged by having to compete against those whose gender identity does not match their sex assigned at birth. I mean, it could be, well, that's a, that's a politically correct way of putting it. This is uh, ESPN, by the way, which has gone totally woke. I mean, they are. That's unrecognizable. Granted, I don't watch much ESPN, but uh, I, I've read about the drama behind the scenes. And um, all right, the bill would amend the landmark civil rights legislation, Title IX, which passed more than 50 years ago. Yeah, to protect women. And it must be amended. The amendment would prohibit recipients of federal money from permitting a person whose sex is male, to participate in an athletic program or activity that is designated for women or girls. The bill defines sex as based solely on a person's reproductive biology and genetics at birth. You think? (laughs) Good for you guys. Um, Hey, Greg Stubbe is the Republican of Florida who sponsored this thing. I like this guy a lot. He's been on my show. And he almost died about three months ago. He took a terrible tumble off a ladder. I think he was repairing something on his roof. And he fell like 18 feet. Now he survived, but boy, oh boy, he was banged up. Uh, he's back on TV, back on my show. He he shaved his beard. Uh, the girls like him even more now. He's like one of these, uh, yeah, they, uh, the, everybody everybody on my staff gets excited uh, when he comes on the show. Except me. I mean, 
you know, I don't notice these things, but they they love them. Um, let's see, Greg Stubbe. He highlighted the case of Emma Wyant, a resident of his district and a 2020 member of the U.S. Olympic swimming team who finished second in the NCAA Women's 500-yard freestyle championship last year. She was defeated by, guess who, Leah Thomas, who had competed for three years on Penn's men's swimming team before joining the women's team. The integrity of women's sports must be protected, Stubbe said. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy said it was a great day for America, a great day for girls and women and for fairness in sports. Representative Aaron Bean said that every time a male takes a lane in the pool or at the starting line, a female athlete loses the opportunity to compete. Can you believe that this is somehow like this is this is like a renegade position that it's doomed to failure? Joe Biden's going to veto this corporate America. Is they're very uncomfortable with this kind of stuff. The people aren't. The people get it. And people all across the uh, the spectrum, even the LGBTQ spectrum. The other night I had Jamie Michelle on my show, Groomers Against, what is it called? Gays Against Groomers. And, you know, there are a lot of people. There are a lot of people who are conservative, LGBT. I can't stand saying the LGBT community. It's like saying the white community. There is no such community. There really isn't. There really isn't. I mean, your gender, your orientation, does that determine how you vote? I mean, I guess if you looked at a million, maybe there are some patterns there, but you can't judge anybody individually, just like you can't judge Christine from Middletown, Connecticut. Christine, who uh, actually her gender identity now is female, but was born a biological male. But Christine, you made that decision as an adult and you don't like what's happening to children. Welcome back, Christine. How are you? Hi, how's it going? Well, first of all, uh, since our uh, Secretary of Education, Miguel Cardona couldn't answer that question that I heard on your show. A woman is an adult human female. Yeah, that's right. He said they said, what is a woman? And he's like, uh, <laughs> it's a bunch of gibberish about, uh, I don't know, education and curriculum. Uh, he could he, he didn't say what you just said. What else? Well, I was at the state capitol yesterday testifying on a parental rights lobby day. We have a couple bad bills. Uh, one particularly is a. Uh, advocating social justice and social emotional learning in our schools. So I had to make a speech about that. And I got a standing ovation from the people for that. And I mentioned about taking high school um, trans girls out of high school sports in Connecticut, Greg. And I emailed some politicians and the people and someone in charge at the Connecticut Interscholastic Athletic Conference. And I haven't heard from this guy in over a month. I went there in person, and I gave him my phone number, and I still haven't heard from this person, Greg. So I'm getting silenced and trying to end this. Wait a second. Now, you gave who your phone number, and what did you want? Well, you know, um, I don't think trans girls should play in the uh, elite level. You can't expect anybody to call you back, all right? That's not how you get things done. you got to start documenting things in a letter. Everybody picks up the phone at what? Well, the email didn't work. I know I, 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 you got to listen to me on this. You can't just email something. You can't just email it. All right. You got to send, especially if you're dealing with an institution, with a with a body, with a with an organization. You got to put pen to paper or, you know, typewriter, whatever, uh, the laser printer. You got to print up a letter and it exists in the physical world. It gets their attention. And that's how you move the needle. But, uh, you know, telling somebody to call me back. 
It just doesn't it doesn't cut it anymore. But I know you're out there. You're so active. You're so passionate about this stuff. But that is a tip. All right. You got to write the letter. Everything else good? Yeah, yeah. Yes. Everything else good. All right. All right. Well, <laughs> you're a hero in my book. Thank you, Christine. Well, thanks. Have a great day. Thanks. Jay. Yep, we'll see you later. It really is. You know, it's interesting. You never know where your allies are going to come from, you know, and that's one of the things I love about just this, the, the conversation that's happening, that um, yeah, there are smart people all over the place and people will surprise you. And it's just great. It's great. Uh, thank you, Christine. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is the Greg Kelly Show. There's so much going on in that little clip, that little Jason Scoop Trump clip. I'm telling you, this is... This is advanced comedy. This is this guy has gone deep. You can't really tell. It's so good you you don't even notice some of it because it's just so Trump like. But the little things. Can I hear it one more time? We'll stop it right when he says large. All right, after large. All right, but it's so good. Are you ready for this? Go. It's both. Oh, tremendous. No, start it from the top. Start it from the top. You got to go back to the beginning. All right, here we go. Now press play. Now. Now, three, two, one, now. Hmm. Hello, Mattress Firm. Is this Sleepy's or Mattress Firm? It's both. Oh, tremendous. <laughs> well, look, I'd like to order a mattress for our president. I call him Sleepy Joe Biden, and uh, I'd like to have it sent to the White House very strongly. Okay, sounds good. I'm more than happy to and let me tell you something. I want the best mattress, okay? The most expensive. Okay. Number one, okay? <laughs> okay, we can do that. Well, thank you. What do you need from me? Okay. Uh, what size mattress do you need? Large. <laughs> Large, like a king size? Okay, I don't do anything less than king size, so we're going to do king size, Okay. Okay. Thank you. We do have California King, too. Do you want a California King? California King. You know, we were treated very unfairly in California, but you know what? I'm, I'm willing to forgive for this, so we'll get a California King. Okay. <laughs> and when do you need delivery by? I need delivery by as soon as possible. Oh, you know what, sweetheart? I got Rudy Giuliani's calling. Let me call you right back. Hello, Rudy? Yeah, I just got the mattress here. We're sending it very bigly, very soon. Okay. All right. Let me know. You keep finding those votes all over the place, okay? All right. All right. You know, that's another thing. Hey, Rudy, and I just got the mattress. Like, he's, it's just, it's off the charts. It's so good. What's the other thing that I really like? The large. And there's something also funny of hearing President Trump say, is this Sleepy's or Mattress Firm? <laughs> it's Sleepy. And you can I know the thing about it is with Alec Baldwin's impressions were so bad and stupid, but in a weird way, this is a realistic call in a weird way. And remember, I love Trump. I love the policies. I love the style. The guy, it's amazing. And I, this is the kind of thing I think we can all laugh at. Uh, somebody once said, oh, that's very disrespectful. I don't buy that for a second. Do you, Susan? Hello? Hello? I loved that. <laughs> How are you? 
What's up? Oh, hanging in there. I haven't been laughing that much lately, but uh, the thing about the violations isn't so much that they have them, but they paid off the fine. But that, I heard this on your station. They never rem- uh, remedied the, um, you know, whatever the violations were. And that was like a going back a couple decades, I think. I don't know. Listen, so that- every time there's this happens, they all try to blame the the building uh, manager or whatever. I'm sorry. I don't know. I We don't know the facts yet. I don't like D.A. Bragg out there trying to. I don't know. And I just do know this, that lots of buildings have lots of violations. It doesn't mean they're going to fall down. It's a very rare occurrence for a building to fall down. I bet one of those violations wasn't, it was probably for, you know, leaky air conditioner or something like that. It wasn't for uh, your building is about to fall down, get it fixed. I guarantee you it wasn't that. Well, it should be investigated because sometimes there's been allegations. Well, it's investigated. uh, You saw the cops, the DA, everybody's down there. Hey, maybe if they had a buildings inspect, they should have a buildings inspector, a full-fledged buildings commissioner, which they don't have. They have a substitute buildings commissioner, and that's on Eric Adams, everybody. Uh, So anything else? Well, also, uh, yes, I love that um, the um, legislation that the House uh, went about the transgender girls. Yeah, not going to go anywhere, though, huh? It doesn't matter. At least it puts it out there, and then it lets everyone see what the Democrats, the leftists, because a lot of uh, independents and normal... You're right. You're right, Susan. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. listening to the Greg Kelly show. Hey, uh, again, this Hunter Biden thing is kind of blowing up. And now I see that the mainstream media after sitting on the story for about 12 to 16 hours, they're kind of like, okay, they've had a couple of conversations. Uh, they see which way the wind is blowing and very tepidly, very cautiously, they're, they're putting their toe in the water and they're, they're starting to report this. But uh, the folks who reported it first, the uh, the Wall Street Journal and uh, let's go with this. All right, I led my show with it last night. Hunter Biden probe is being mishandled. IRS supervisor says in letter to lawmakers, lawyers says his client has information regarding investigation of a high profile, controversial subject. It's Hunter Washington. An IRS supervisor has told lawmakers he has information that suggests the Biden administration is improperly handling the criminal investigation into. President Biden's son, Hunter Biden, and is seeking whistleblower protections, according to people familiar with the matter. A letter sent to Congress on Wednesday says a career internal revenue service criminal supervisory special agent. Hey, aren't you glad you're not one of those? <clears throat> I'm sorry. I don't want, I would not want to spend my career hanging around the IRS. But anyway, I'm sure this is a good guy. And this agent has information that would contradict sworn testimony by a senior political appointee. The supervisor also has information about a failure to mitigate clear conflicts of interest in the ultimate disposition of the case. You got to mitigate those conflicts of interest. The supervisor, <coughs> excuse me, damn, I think my esophagus has gotten smaller, seriously, in the past, like, uh, three months. I find myself choking on things all the time. Hold on. Never used to be a problem. Now it's a problem. 
The supervisor has details that show preferential treatment and politics improperly infecting decisions and protocols that would normally be followed by career law enforcement professionals in similar circumstances if the subject were not politically connected. And who is politically connected? Hunter. Nobody more politically connected. The letter says the supervisor has been overseeing an ongoing and sensitive investigation of a high-profile, controversial subject since early 2020, which it doesn't name. The investigation at issue is into younger Mr. Biden, the people familiar with the matter said. Uh, Let's see here. A spokesman for the White House deferred to the Justice Department or the IRS for comment. No, don't talk. Don't ask us. Ask them. Spokeswomen for the Justice Department and for the U.S. Attorney's Office in Delaware, which is leading the investigation, declined to comment. A spokesman for the IRS, and boy, there are a lot of spokespeople out there not saying a damn thing. (laughs) Hunter Biden is facing a criminal investigation related to his taxes and whether he made a false statement in connection with a gun purchase. There's a lot more. I hope they're going after him on, oh, by the way. Uh, When he said in December 2020 that his tax matters were under investigation, Hunter Biden said he was confident that a professional and objective review of these matters will demonstrate that I handled my affairs legally and appropriately. Investigators have believed for months that they have enough evidence to indict the younger Mr. Biden, the journal and other news outlets have reported. Prosecutors have also weighed whether Hunter Biden's well-documented drug addiction would present a defense Against a potential criminal tax case. I was. <laughs> Wait a second. What? Is... Oh, my gosh. This is straight out of the honeymooners, right? What was the amendment for prohibition? The 18th Amendment? Prohibition? Prohibition? Stand on the 18th Amendment. Tell them you were drunk when you made out your taxes. Remember Ed Norton's advice? <laughs> the investigation has been led by a Trump-appointed U.S. attorney, David Weiss. They make it sound like. Oh, it's a Trump appointment. Uh, could obviously, obviously loyal to Trump or whatever. Or no, he never met Trump. All right, you you appoint tens of thousands of people. You know, a military officer is appointed by the president. I've got three documents at home. Various presidents who appointed me. Um, let's see what what rank I made: first lieutenant, I made captain, I made major, I made lieutenant colonel. I've got various presidents on all these documents. They don't. I never met one of them. Well, I actually met one of them, but had nothing, had nothing to do with that. Okay. Um, let's see here. During a March oversight uh, hearing, Attorney General Merrick Garland said Mr. Weiss has broad independence to pursue charges. We think that Merrick Garland was lying, however, when he said this. Uh, He has been advised he is not to be denied anything he needs, Mr. Garland testified before the Senate Judiciary Committee on March 1st. I have not heard anything from that office to suggest that they are not able to do everything the U.S. attorney wants to do. Uh, The Justice Department investigation has unfolded against the backdrop of congressional inquiries scrutinizing the Biden family's finances and specifically Hunter Biden's income from work overseas. In March, the Republican-led House Oversight Committee released a memo saying the president's family indirectly received money from a Chinese oil company in 2017 after Mr. Biden stepped down as vice president. And oh, by the way, Hunter Biden's lawyers confirmed that. First, they said they never did business in China. Then they said they did business in China but made no money. And now they did business in China and made millions of dollars. That's confirmed. Confirmed. Absolutely. And Hunter Biden's own attorneys have admitted it. As part of their investigation, Republican lawmakers, this is all in the journal, by the way, 
uh, reached an agreement with the Treasury Department to access reports it has received of suspicious financial transactions related to members of President Biden's family. Uh, the Wednesday letter from Mark Little, this is getting boring, uh, nine people so far, nine people in the Biden family, nine family members. We know um, Haley, the daughter-in-law, all right, that's one. We know Hunter, and we know James, Joe's brother. Now, there are six other Bidens involved in all this. Now, they have not specified which one, although I did hear Jason Chaffetz, former congressman, Republican of Utah, was on Fox the other day, and he was just saying, yeah, the grandchildren have gotten a lot of money, the grandchildren. Now, I don't know if that's right, but he's a pretty connected guy, and he was saying the grandkids. There was another rumor going around that James Biden's wife was getting a lot of this stuff, uh, but six, that's a big number, six do you funnel? Do you use your grandkids to money launder? That doesn't sound right at all, right? Hey, the other thing is BuzzFeed News. Does anybody care? Does anybody read BuzzFeed News? In an email, uh, BuzzFeed Inc- Incorporated CEO and co-founder Jonah Peretti said the move was part of a 15% workforce reduction across a number. I, I knew it. BuzzFeed News is going away, but BuzzFeed sticks around. I can't stand BuzzFeed. And they once did a horrible, nasty uh, piece about me. So, yeah, I got a bit of a grudge, all right? I do have a bit of a grudge. And that stupid article is still online. And, um, man, how that thing passed. The thing is, people who write on the Internet or write for the Internet, there's no editing anymore. You just write it and put it up online. And uh, people get hurt. People get hurt. But there are a lot of people hurting at BuzzFeed News. There are a lot of people hurting. And some of them, quite frankly, deserve it. Hey, I know. You know how I am about this stuff, okay? Don't worry. You're all going to come back from this. Uh, It's a temporary setback. It could be a setup for great things. But some of you need this time to reflect on what you did. Ellie from Long Island. Hello. Hi, Greg. Yes, go woke, go broke. Oh, goodbye, BuzzFeed. <laughs> Good riddance. Yeah. Anyway, okay. So uh, um, that's one of the truths that's going to come out, the whole Biden crime family, which is wonderful. But what I was uh, calling about is uh, several weeks ago, I was watching one of the Trump rallies, a recent rally, and he mentioned you know, something that I haven't thought about in a long time. He mentioned Vincent Foster's death. And I said, oh, yeah, I remember somebody died years ago, but I didn't really. Back then I was raising little babies and I didn't, you know, I couldn't follow all the news. So uh, I went to YouTube to try to find more about it. And apparently in 2016, Trump also was mentioning Vincent Foster's death at a rally. And that caused a lot of media, you know, flurry. You know, people are like, oh, you know, he's bringing up this controversial whatever. So, of course, what did I do is I bought Chris uh, Ruddy's book. <laughs> the Strange Death of Vincent Foster. I'm halfway through it. This is going to be, I think, another big piece that's going to be coming out within a year or so. Because if he, if Trump has mentioned it twice at rallies, he's trying to get something out there. So I think everyone could do a little bit of homework, maybe either read this book or just look more into it. So we're, we're aware of it when when it all comes out. I know uh, the boss, Chris Ruddy, did some interesting work, uh, journalism uh, on that. I did not know it was a book. Uh, wow, I will check that out as well. Uh, I could learn something and also possibly uh, score a few points with the boss. Uh, all right, so what's the name of the book again? Yeah. Uh, Chris Ruddy, The, yes. the Strange it's Death of Vincent strange. Foster? Yes, and written 1997. All right, thank so, you very uh, much. And the death was in 
Shadik was in '93, so uh, he did do he did a great research. And a lot of the people that he actually mentions in the book, who are gun you know experts like Masada Ayub, and there's a lot of good Larry Wilson. There's a lot of really big people that he consulted when he wrote this book. So yeah, we'll check it out. We'll check it out. You know, I got to tell you, I remember vividly when uh, Vincent Foster died and is alleged to have killed himself, but it seems so strange. You know, 1993, it was very early in the administration. They weren't even one year in. They weren't one year in, and then he uh, he kills himself because there's a nasty editorial in the in the Wall Street Journal. One, it didn't quite make sense. It didn't all add up. And uh, I don't know. I don't know. I am I'm very curious and a little bit suspicious. You know, people around the Clintons, they say, you know, have a habit of winding up dead. Uh, thank you, Ellie, very, very much. Uh, let's do another one. Uh, Robert in Suffolk County, hello. Hi, Greg. Did Pomerantz show up at the subcommittee? Uh, no, a appeals court uh, said he didn't have to. So a district court judge said uh, you got to show up. But then, like in the middle of the night, an appeals court said, "No, uh, you don't have to. We're gonna we're gonna review it." So he didn't show up. Temp- they granted a temporary stay, huh? Uh, yeah, I guess you could call it that. Good for you, Robert. Uh, anything else? Yes. How much you want to bet? Tish James is going to be coming up on the list next. Uh, yeah, could be. You make it sound so sinister and clandestine. <laughs> Yeah, well, can. they haven't they haven't spoken a word yet. All right, all right. Uh, well, well, we'll see what she, happens. What she's for? How many cases in Manhattan against Trump? Three? Uh, two, I think. The, okay. the charity, and then and now this one, and the charity one. Oh, that was that was another fraud. Uh, uh, a fraud of a case. Uh, the charity was fine. The Trump Foundation totally fine. One of the things they got him on is that the officers of the Trump Foundation uh, did not meet since 1999. They never had a board meeting. And you're supposed to, the officers of a charity will are will, will, will meet twice a quarter. Well, and everybody ran with that. And however, who are the board members on the Trump Foundation? Donald Trump, Donald Trump Jr., Eric Trump, and Ivanka Trump. Okay, they saw each other basically every day at work. Uh, if they didn't document a board meeting, this meeting will come to order. You know, one of those phony baloney things. So Tish James, what a freak, you know. And she goes to the uh, story ch- child uh, drag time hour, right? She did that a couple of weekends ago. And Rudy Giuliani, I got to tell you, he was like heartbroken by this. He talks about her. He knows a little bit about her. He had a decent relationship with her, you know, at one point. And this is not a crazy. She did not grow up crazy. She went to a. What was it, Bishop Laughlin High School or something like that? I mean, she was like, it's not a, it's a person who knows better hanging around with uh, the drag queens who want to be with the kids. Hang out with drag queens is fine, all right? But don't get the kids involved, obviously. All right, one second, please. Greg Kelly. Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is the Greg Kelly Show. I'm hearing uh, mixed reviews on life as a retiree. How is it? Huh? Tell me. I know we have a lot of folks who have retired on pensions out there. 
It seems to me like it would be pretty sweet. Uh, Big article in today's Wall Street Journal, which I don't read every day, but uh, sometimes i got interesting stuff in here. They profile a whole bunch of retirees. Some absolutely love it. They love the leisure. They love the recreation. They love the freedom. Others are totally miserable. They lack mission, they say, and depression. Uh, There are some who uh, insist on working. They say they're going to stop working when they die, the day they die. Some 70-year-old lawyer here is just addicted to work, absolutely loves it. How do you feel? I uh, I wonder, you know, you get to a certain age, it's like not that, you know, oh boy, you know, retirement is, you know, cops always had that interesting option, especially in New York City, you know, 20 years, 20 years, you can retire with a pension. Now, they will be getting rid of that, oh, by the way. May not happen next year or five years or in 10 years, but it's going to happen. Actually, in less than 10 years, it's probably going to happen. Uh, maybe not in the city, but definitely in the military. Here's the deal with the military. You serve 20 years on active duty. Uh, you will get a pension for the rest of your life. So you can actually enter the military at the age of 17. All right. You can be 17 years old. If your mom or dad signs a permission slip, you can join the military when you're 17. And so you hit 20 years when you're 37. Uh, is that is that really a time to retire? I mean, most of them actually get other jobs, but they will get a pension forever. Now, why do they need a pension? Uh, I'm going to get a pension, oh, by the way, because I was in the military for 20 years altogether, nine active, 11, a little, 11 or 12 reserves. My pension doesn't kick in until I'm 60 years old, but I will get a pension every month. The government's going to pay me, and if I live to be 120, I'm going to get a check every for 60 years. I will get a monthly check from the government. Um, which and it's not a bad number either. I, I, I forgot what it was, but it's decent. Uh, anyway, it's a long way off, but I will be getting that. But some guys, if you're active duty, so you're a full time soldier for 20 years, the day you get out, uh, you start drawing a retirement. Hey, isn't it great? Uh, General Milley is going to be one of those guys soon. Goodness gracious, how the hell did that guy make it, huh? How the hell did he become a general? Well, a lot of weaklings become generals, actually. A lot of jerks become generals. Um, because <laughs> you think uh, the best leaders become generals? No, the best ass kissers uh, become generals. And speaking of uh, the military, Afghanistan. Oh, yeah, that war we lost because of Joe Biden's incompetence. Well, they're still looking into it. And here's a guy named John Sopko, Sopko, S-O-P-K-O. He's the head of uh, he's a, like the chief investigator for the Pentagon. Listen to what he said about what's happening right now. Cut 21, please. Cut 21. Unfortunately, as I sit here today, I cannot assure this committee or the American taxpayer we are not currently funding the Taliban. We are funding the Taliban right now. And the Taliban are in charge of Afghanistan. They're running Afghanistan just like they were before September 11, 2001. Wow. And then there's also this, uh, you know, they want to find out what the hell happened over there. Why did we screw up so bad? Guess what? The Biden administration, they're not cooperating. Cut 22. The lack of cooperation by state, and I'm not talking about the IGs. I'm talking about the Department of State and to a lesser extent USAID is unprecedented in the nearly 12 years that I have been the cigar. And and I must add, in the two decades that I did congressional oversight, both in the Senate and the House, due to this refusal to fully cooperate, a significant portion of CIGAR's work 
including the two report, the five reports we did for this committee, have been hindered and delayed. Well, that may not sound like the worst thing in the world, but bureaucratic speak, that is a devastating, devastating rebuke of the Biden administration. The Biden administration, not only are they covering up Hunter Biden shenanigans, but they're covering up uh, all the screw ups that led to our catastrophic loss in Afghanistan. Good for you, John Sopko, for not taking your foot off the gas pedal. I got to go across the street, get ready for the 10 o'clock news in a little bit. Uh, let's try Jim, the truck driver. Hi, Jim. What's going on, Greg? Hey, Greg, I think we should refer to Joe Biden as Judas Biden. Just think about everything he's done. Pure treasonous traitor. You know, J- Judas sold out Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. Biden sold us out for $31 million to the Chinese. Satan raised the, raised the money due to inflation. He really is like Judas. I, I truly believe that. All right. Anything else? Anything else. No, that's good. To, that's good, Jim. How's the truck driving business? Good. We're staying steady. And oh. I listen to Charles Stanley podcast all the time. He's oh, podcast. Yeah, it's great stuff. And there are thousands. It's like limitless. There are, there are so many. No you know, he he heard, well done, good and faithful servant when he went to the Lord. Mm-hmm. Hey, by the way, if you are uh, trying to pick up the Bible, you know what I do sometimes? Like uh, this week, for instance, I knew I got a lot going on, and I'm uh, so I picked up. I just uh, what is the shortest? Uh, what is the shortest book? One of the shortest books in the Bible because I wanted to knock out a book this week. Mark, Mark, Mark. And, uh, right? And I'm I'm going through that, and there's uh, amazing stuff. And boy, oh boy, he can speak through you. You can ask a question and. And it opens up, and, and there it is. There it is. It's, it's a wonderful thing. Jim, many, many thanks. Uh, all right, it's almost time. It's almost time. Let me just do one more. Uh, no, I can't. I got to go. Um, well, uh, thank you very much to Jason Scoop. You're a very talented young man, the, the, the Trump impersonator. My apologies to Jerry, Marvin, John, Robert, and the rest. We'll do it again soon. And uh, take it easy. Oh, I got a special trip next week. I'm very excited. Uh, You can probably figure out what I'm doing and where I'm going and who I might meet when I get there. I'll tell you all about it. Thank you.